How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Eucalypt Speed Test Intelligence Data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Leading Ladies, a concert in celebration of Women's History Month featuring Kelsey Ballerini, Megan Trainer, Mel King, At the King's Theater in Brooklyn, New York on Wednesday, March 20th. Tickets are on sale now. You don't want to miss this amazing night of music dedicated to uplifting women's voices. With Kelsey Ballerini, Megan Trainer, L. King, and Christina Perry. Odyssey's Leading Ladies presented by Olay Body. Buy your tickets now at kingstheater.com. There we go. No more timeouts to take here. Game on the line. Williams in motion, low snap, Melrose stopped, Michigan makes a stand and comes up with a milestone playoff victory. We're back with more Gabe Ramirez and Clay Harbor on Sports Radio 670, The Score, and the free Odyssey app. Who will it be uh, for the Chicago Bears next year? Caleb Williams, Drake May, Justin Fields coming back. Gabe Ramirez, Clay Harbor, nine-year NFL vet, hanging out today on 670 to score. Clay, when you look at, what do you take, you know, I always ask you these questions because, you know, it's one thing for us regular folk to say things. Yeah. And, or maybe repeat things that we think actual professional athletes say. And it's another thing to actual, actually ask a professional athlete. So when you're looking at, you know, Justin Fields and, you know, him, him being with his team, I just know you like him too much. I, I'm not even gonna ask you the question. You just ask want me him the to be, question. No, you want him to be here no matter what, right? No, I. Here's the thing, right? You know what you're getting with this guy, and for me, what you get on the field is is the most important. But obviously, the type of guy you are, putting in work in the locker room, your teammates like you, like that matters. People don't think that matters. If you have a quarterback out there that guys don't vibe with, that's not a hard worker, that. Bro, I've been, I'm not naming names, but I've been on teams that have been like that. But I also asked you a couple of weeks ago, you know, a quarterback that you played with that you thought was going to pan out and didn't, and you mentioned Blake Bortles. Blake Bortles. I'm just saying. No, I said I wasn't naming names. Now I'm naming names. Well, that's a different that's a different <laughs> conversation. Damn, my bad. All right, joining us right now, two names of names, uh, he's, and to talk some NFL with us. He's our, joining us on our guest hotline, presented by Circus Sports Illinois, uh, college football writer for CBS Sports. He also hosts the Cover 3 podcast. Got to check that one out. Uh, Tom Fernelli. Tom, good evening. Welcome to the show. Good evening. How are you, uh, how are you gentlemen, doing this evening? Doing great. Doing great, Tom. And we're inundated with this, you know, conversation and obviously the happenings of the Chicago Bears. Let's, let's start here for, for me because I know you, you, you cover this, this Bears team closely, this Bears team closely, Tom. Talk to me about, you know, just Justin Fields, not the last couple of games, but Justin Fields as a, as a whole, like the, the, the entire makeup of Justin Fields for the Bears, like what, what has that been like for you as not only a, a sports writer, but as a fan? Uh, it's, it's been interesting in that I have been a Justin Fields believer for years and since his time at Ohio State and the year that he came out in the draft class. For me, 
my, my draft board, if I had to put one together, if anybody in the NFL had ever given a damn to ask me, was Trevor Lawrence at one and Justin Fields at two. And the way I looked at those two is the gap between them was much smaller than the gap between Justin Fields at two and anybody else in the draft class. And obviously, you know, Zach Wilson went ahead of him. Trey Lance went ahead of him. But I've always been very high on Justin Fields. And even though I think that his time in Chicago has not been exactly what you hope for, like when you draft a guy at that position, you want him to be the franchise QB. You want to start winning Super Bowls. And clearly that hasn't happened with the Bears since he came to town. But I don't know how much of that is on Justin and how much of that is on the team around him. And I think that obviously he has to shoulder the blame for some of it because there are areas of his game that have needed improvement that he hasn't really until I'd say the last couple of months started to show signs of making those improvements. Because even going back to college, he did hold on to the ball too long at the time though. It was, well, look at his receivers. He's just waiting for this guy to get open and he's you know going to fire the ball in there. And I think at times in the NFL as a bear, he's still giving his receiver too much time to get open. And that guy's just not going to come open. And I think in the last couple of weeks, in the last few months, since he came back from the injury, you've seen him progress through the reads a lot quicker than he was for his first couple of years. So for me, I take that as a good sign. I take that as he's becoming more comfortable and familiar with Luke Getzey's offense. And I also think it's a sign that Luke Getzey's becoming more comfortable and familiar with him because I know Luke Getzey gets a lot of guff from fans, but at the same time, when Justin Fields is being injured and missing time like he has each of the last couple of seasons, that impacts the coach too because the coach is building a game plan for a quarterback, and then when he's got to spend a month, month and a half putting together a game plan for an entirely different player, that's going to impact your ability to find consistency within the offense. Absolutely. I love that. Uh, Tom, so I follow you on Twitter. Great follow, by the way. And you, you, posted, this, uh, you posted this take that got a little bit of heat. But I agree with you. I agree with you. But I want you to elaborate on it because I know Chicago probably isn't going to agree with you here. But you said Rome Odunze. I think that's how you say his name. Rome. Rome Mm -hmm. was better. Odunze was better than Marvin Harrison Jr. And the Chicago Chicago fans love Marvin Harrison Jr. So can you tell us what you like about Rome Odunze – as opposed to Marvin Harrison Jr., because people think if the Bears trade down, they got an op- opportunity to take Marvin Harrison Jr., get Justin Fields some good weapons. Why would Romo Dunze be a better option than Marvin Harrison Jr.? Well, first of all, I, I, I want to make it clear. I still love Marvin Harrison Jr. <laughs> I just think is if I, it's the same situation I mentioned in 2018 in the draft, you know, Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields, one and two at QB. That's how I feel about a Dunze and Harrison. And I just think that Marvin Harrison was anointed as the best wide receiver prospect out there. He's a generational talent, blah, blah, blah. And he's very good. But I think that kind of narrative over the offseason and going into, you know, like NFL draft leader, because let's, I mean, I'll be blunt. I love Bears fans. I am a Bears fan. Bears fans aren't watching college football every week. I know they're not watching it to the same level that I am. So it's like when you're just a Bears fan and you're reading mock drafts, all you see over and over again is Marvin <laughs> Harrison Jr. Yeah. So it's like you bring a presented <laughs> opinion that says, actually, yeah. this guy's pretty good too. It becomes what this guy doesn't know what the hell he's talking about. But Roma Dunze is so Marvin Harrison, 6'4", 205 pounds. Roma Dunze, 6'3", 215 pounds. So yeah. size-wise, they're pretty similar. Yeah. Speed-wise, Roma Dunze was a state track champion while growing up in high school in the state of Nevada. He can fly. And I just think that when you watch the both of them, 
Marvin Harrison is an extremely polished wide receiver. Like, obviously, who his father was and the kind of coaching he grew up with. He's doing he drills since he came out the yeah. womb. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Like, he's got clean footwork. The routes are all beautiful. Like, they're Da Vinci paintings. That's great. <laughs> as far as playing football, I think Roma Dunze is the better football player because Roma Dunze also runs all the routes. In fact, Roma Dunze in that Washington offense has run more of a route tree than what Ohio State has had Marvin Harrison do this year. And I think that once the ball is in the air, I just don't think there's a better receiver in the country as far as making sure I'm catching that ball. Like, if it's anywhere near me, if I have a defensive back yes. draped all over me, I am catching that ball. And, yeah. I mean, I, to get – you know, to, to get the layman's terms or the cliche, Roma Dunze has that dog within him. Yes. I am not 100% convinced Marvin Harrison does because when you look at Harrison and it has become easy to say that, you know, the problems that he had this year in games that he disappeared, the go-to line is, well, his quarterback stunk. Kyle McCord stunk. Marvin Harrison had the same exact season last year when C.J. Stroud was his quarterback. Mm -hmm. There are games where Marvin Harrison is taken out of the game. He was taken out of the Notre Dame game. He was taken out of the Rutgers game. Michigan slowed him down for the most part. Nobody has stopped Roma Dunze in a year and a half. Roma Dunze's worst game of the season was against Arizona. He finished with five catches for 64 yards, a broken rib, and a punctured lung. <laughs> he still had 64 yards and five catches in the game. That's just the kind of player he is. I think they're both going to be very good, but if I was going to come up with like a pro comp for them, yeah. I think Marvin Harrison is a taller, skinnier Amari Cooper, a very good thing to be. Yeah. I think Roma Dunze is Jamar Chase. You got to ask yourself, which one would you rather have? I'm not trading the one, Gabe, but I'm taking Rome Odunze. Now you are. <laughs> <laughs> now you are. We're talking to Tom Fornelli from CBS Sports, hanging out with us here on 670 The Score, Gabe Ramirez, along nine-year NFL vet Clay Harbor. Uh, Tom, you know, you, you mentioned Rome Odunze, so I, it's only fitting that I ask about the guy that's been throwing him the ball, Michael Penix Jr. You know, when I was looking at a lot, I'm a huge fan of his and have been for a couple of years now. And it was interesting to me, even before the college playoff began, that he was on most mock drafts, not even uh, being looked at as a first-round pick. Um, what do you think he's, he's done to his draft stock, and did you have him outside of the first round as well? I, I think that if quarterbacks were treated the same way every other position is treated, it makes sense that he wouldn't be a first-round pick. But I think if you look at the way quarterbacks are drafted, he'll, he'll be a first-round pick. Because the thing about Michael Penix is, that NFL teams will worry about because, you know, he's, he'll be 24 by the time, you know, he's in OTAs this spring. He has been in college for a very long time. He was in the same draft class as Justin Fields and Trevor Lawrence. He's been banged up. He's been injured. And there are parts like when you look at him and you evaluate him, he's got a very quick release, but he also has a wind-up kind of like a pitcher where you see him kind of tilt his shoulder back to start and then he comes through. And that will worry scouts and that will worry some teams. But I think that as far as playing quarterback is concerned, he has a very strong arm. He can throw to all parts of the field, including the downfield vertical routes. He's willing to take shots. He's very aggressive and he can fit that ball anywhere on the field. But I also think that there are concerns about his injury history and there are some concerns about how his touch is on the shorter to intermediate stuff. So, He's not a perfect prospect, but again, nobody in the class ever is a perfect prospect. And I think he does a lot of stuff well, and he does a lot of things that teams will like. So he's going to be drafted in the first round. I think he needs to be in the right situation, though, because I do think there he's 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 a better 
deep ball passer, I think, than a short ball passer. So it depends on the offense that he's in and how you want to use him, and also the personnel around him, because you can't overlook the fact that he's got Michael NFL Paddock, receiving receiving core. Yeah, he's got three. <laughs> he has three NFL receivers. Got, yeah. Washington has a trio of receivers that is better than half the NFL right now. They've literally blown. got a top fifteen NFL receiving core. Mm-hmm. So it's. These are the things you have to kind of take into account, but he is. He's a very talented player. He has arm talent that is very rare that you do not see that is going to have him as an early draft pick and playing in somebody's camp next year. Okay, I want to get your take on this. I, call me a traditionalist, Tom, because, you know, when I'm playing, you go to a school, you are staying there for four years, and I'm not saying it was a perfect system, but in my opinion, I think there should be something done to change the portal a little bit. Do you, do you see that happening? Do you think there's a way to fix this portal to make it a little bit better for everybody? I think that where we are headed towards is right now, while the NCAA is in charge, no. Because the NCAA can't do anything because, as Congress has been quick to point out to the NCAA <laughs> on numerous occasions in recent years, we will just hit you with an antitrust suit and then you've got to you know deal with it and you'll be dead. But I think we are headed to an era in which, you know, you, you've seen the Big Ten and the SEC kind of consolidate schools. I don't think that is ending anytime soon. I think that you see Florida State now openly trying to get out of the ACC. Mm-hmm. We are heading to an era now where the Big Ten and the SEC will take what they want, and then they're <laughs> kind of going to break off. And it is going to be a separate entity, kind of like what it is now with the FBS level and the FCS level. The FBS will break in two, where the SEC and the Big Ten will become their own thing. And the players are going to be treated as employees. They are going to license, instead of being student athletes, they are going to become franchises who license the rights to these names and these logos from the school. Then they will make the players employees and then the players will sign contracts and that will take care of the transfer portal so i think that's where we're going it's going to be a semi-pro or just a plain professional minor league nfl at some point soon that's so interesting to think about that i mean but hey there has to be a solution and one normally formulates itself on, on its own forms on its own so i will be most certainly paying attention to that but in the in the present uh we have two teams vying for the championship one we've been talking about at length michael Penix jr and the washington huskies taking on the Michigan Wolverines. Um, does Michigan just look too imposing for you? Uh, because, you know, obviously, you know, you talk about the defense of Michigan and going up against the offense of Washington. Washington, you know, obviously is a lot of ton of points all season long, uh, especially in the Pac-12. Uh, but what do you think is going to happen in this one? I, I genuinely, truly think either one of these teams can win it because I, I, I look at Washington, and as we've discussed, you have Michael Penix and three NFL receivers. You put that on a college football field, you, the team with the best QB and the best receivers has a chance to beat anybody that you put against it. But what I see happening is I look at this matchup. Michigan's defense, you can make the argument, you know, well, they haven't faced an offense. It's anything like what Washington has. Of course, there aren't very many offenses out there that have what Washington has. But at the same time, this is a Washington defense that was or was Michigan defense that was designed and built in recent years to stop Ohio State, who had Justin Fields, who had CJ Stroud, who had numerous NFL receivers on those rosters. So this is not a challenge that Michigan is unfamiliar with. It's what they were built to do. I think they'll be fine in that department. On the other side, this is a Michigan offense that runs the ball, and it runs the ball. It's not an explosive rushing offense. They're not breaking off 50-yard touchdown runs, but they're going five yards at a time. 
and they're facing a Washington defense that against the run ranks 130th nationally out of 133 teams in defensive success rate against the run, which is basically how many times do you keep a team from getting three or four yards. So what Washington is terrible at is what Michigan is great at, and I think Michigan is just going to hammer them over the head with the run game when they have the ball, both to move the ball and score points on its own, but also to keep that Washington offense off the field. So I think that the Huskies are going to have limited opportunities to put points up on the board. So Michael Penix and those receivers are going to have to have perfect, outstanding games and take advantage of every chance they get if they're going to win the game, because I just don't think defensively the Huskies have enough to really stop Michigan from what it wants to do. So I think Michigan wins more often than not, but I definitely think the Huskies have a chance here. Absolutely. I'm, I'm right there with you. And uh, before we let you go, Tom, I got to say, I really appreciate your podcast, the cover three podcast, and you guys are up for the best American football podcast at the sports podcast award. So where can people go and vote for you guys? Do you have a, a link or somewhere to go that, that everybody can go vote for your podcast? Uh, it's Yeah, the American Sports Podcast Award. I don't have the link on me right now, but I know that if you watch <laughs> the show or you listen to the show, there is a link in the show description. We've also got the QR code on our YouTube channel, which you can find us at youtube.com slash cover three. Subscribe to us there, watch and listen, and you can vote for us there because you know what? Darn it, we deserve to win. We are the best American football podcast. You guys are, man. I watch. I listen to you. I don't watch. I watch the podcast, Gabe. Yeah. You can. <laughs> I listen it's to 2023. It. Yeah, you know? yeah. You, I you guess can you watch, watch it. it. You can watch it on YouTube, but I listen to you guys on the podcast. Appreciate what you do. I'm definitely voting. Tom, thank you. Appreciate your time, man. Love to have you back on before the uh, draft actually takes place, all right? Be happy to. You guys have a good night. Love that. Tom Fernelli, CBS Sports. Make sure you guys. Uh, check him out on Twitter at Tom Fernelli. All right, it's Gabe Ramirez. It is nine-year NFL vet Clay Harbor hanging out. He has some good stuff to say. First of all, I love people that he reminded me of, like, my math teacher back in high school. Just, like, very calm. You felt like it's trustworthy, you know, and you love the fact that deep down inside he loved college football, you could tell, but more importantly, he loved the Bears. He loved the Bears. He's a, he's a hometown Chicago guy. and did he, he say what he, did he say what he wanted to do? He, we didn't ask him. How do we let him get out of here Robbie, without... Robbie, do me a favor. We don't have to put him back on the show. We'll just call him right back. Like, hey, guys were genuinely curious, and they wanted to know what did you want to do with the first pick. Yeah, long-term Chicago did he say? Guy. He didn't say, right? He didn't tell no, us, no. but from what he said, I, I'm pretty sure he's a very big fields guy, so I think receiver is his pick there. But he likes Roma Dunze, so is it trade down to number two and get Roma Dunze or trade to number well, yeah, four? Yeah, you can trade. I mean, you're not, drafting, you're not drafting Odunze. Call with him back! Pick. I want to know what he's got to say! <laughs> All right, uh, we are going to call Tom Fernelli because I am genuinely interested in what he has to say. Uh, we will get the answer from Robbie Triano, who is producing today. And then we no longer talk about the draft. We talk about what's actually happening, specifically on Sunday with the Green Bay Packers Bears and the Packers. Chicago Bears. Herb Howard from It's the Bigs joins us next. Don't go anywhere. It's Gabe Ramirez. It's Clay Harbor. It's 670 to score. And anytime you. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Eucalypt Speed Test Intelligence Data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Leading Ladies, a concert in celebration of Women's History Month featuring Kelsey Ballerini. 
Megan Trainer, Mel King, Christina Perry. At the King's Theater in Brooklyn, New York on Wednesday, March 20th. Tickets are on sale now. You don't want to miss this amazing night of music dedicated to uplifting women's voices. With Kelsey Ballerini, Megan Trainer, L. King, and Christina Perry. Odyssey's leading ladies presented by Olay Body. Buy your tickets now at kingstheater.com. Get down here. You have to be alert for Justin Fields' yes. legs. They can be lethal in the red zone. Trent Taylor in motion. There, there is Fields in his legs. Dances outside. Stretches. Touchdown, Justin Fields. We're back with more Gabe Ramirez and Clay Harbor on Sports Radio 670, The Score, and the free Odyssey app. Hanging out till 9 o'clock. Gabe Ramirez, 9-year NFL vet, Clay Harbor, hanging out on 670, The Score, talking, man, about our Bears. Bears got a big one on Sunday versus the Packers. Clay, I went back, went back and I actually checked out the uh, – I watched the game again from week one. It's mm-hmm. painful. There's some painful moments. Some bad play calling. Yeah. Like third and sevens to third and seven screen passes to Chase Claypool. Bad. Third and third and one. Third and one shotgun Cole Komet tush push. Or, or you know what I mean? Sneaks. Remember that? Third and one? And I'm, then, I'm actually mad that you, you reminded me of that because I'm just now getting over that, and now you have yeah. to bring it back. I, I well, let me follow Cole it up. Commit. Well, after the Cole Komet third and one failed sneak, then it's the Justin Fields touch push that doesn't, doesn't work either. And then it's a Jordan Love third and 13 after two good stops on first and second, third and 13 conversion that then leads to a tutty. It was painful to watch. Bears defense actually played pretty well. But, Again, it was just some bad play calling, some some pressure from Justin Fields. It'd be interesting. But what but what has changed? What has changed from now till then? For that, we get to chat with our next guest. He's joining us on our hotline presented by Circus Sports Illinois. Covers the Bears for the bigs. It is our guy, Herb Howard. Herb, what's going on, man? Good evening. Hey, Clay. What's happening, man? How y'all feeling? Good, Herb. Good to talk to you, man. Thanks for having me. Thanks for having me. Yeah, man. Let's 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 really just start there with the question that I just asked, Herb, and it is, you know. What are some standouts for you when looking at, you know what I'm saying, when looking at the Bears week one, seeing what they look like now, heading into week 18, biggest differences for you that stand out? I mean, most obvious thing is the defense. The defense is just completely mm-hmm. different. The way they're getting after the quarterback, the way they're taking the ball away, obviously bringing them out to a sweat. Uh, Flutes takes over play calling. Um, you know, they get a little bit healthier on the back end. A lot more experience for those rookies. You talk about Tyreek Stevenson and, and Terrell Smith. So that's the biggest difference you notice. Uh, yeah. TJ Edwards and Tremaine Edmonds got having that chemistry of playing together. That was their first time on the field together. You know what I mean? So um, in a regular season game. So, you know, that, that's the biggest difference. You look at how the defense has really just turned itself around from, from that kind of inept pass rush they had earlier to now they're getting some consistent pressure and it leaves all those takeaways. No, absolutely. So I want your take on the guy – it's going to be lining up across from that Bears defense because he's been playing well. I mean, you look at his, you look at his stats compared to Rodgers' first year. Rodgers was six and ten, Gabe, two hundred fifty-two yards per game, a ninety-eight point three rating, twenty-eight to thirteen touchdown to interception ratio. Jordan Love right now, eight and eight, two hundred forty yards a game, ten less than than uh, than Rodgers, ninety-eight point three passer rating. Same exact passer rating. 30 touchdowns, 11 interception, Herb. Is Jordan Love going to turn into Aaron Rodgers? Tell, tell me 
Tell me some good news here. Do you think he is the next Rodgers, Favre, next great quarterback for the Packers? Listen, I think that we kind of had this assumption or maybe it was just a hope and a prayer that he wouldn't be everyone, <laughs> right? That they, they, they couldn't do this yeah. again, right? Like, <laughs> yeah. they, they just can't do that again. And maybe they did. Maybe they did. The kid has, has shown himself to be uh, more than capable of, of playing at a high level in this league, continues to get – better as the season goes along. He's playing really, really good football right now. And I don't know that he, he's Aaron Rodgers, all-time great type, but he's probably really good, and they probably did it again. He's probably going to be their quarterback for another decade. Yeah, since week 11, Gabe, this guy has 16 touchdowns leading the NFL, one interceptions, fewest in the NFL, and an 89 PFF grade second of all quarterbacks in the NFL. Listen, one thing that we are, are fortunate to have seen over the last couple of years and, and, and be witness to it is the growth of certain players on the Bears, right? Kyler Gordon, Quan Brisker, guys getting better, even this year with Tyreek Stevenson. So, you know, you kind of would expect it for a guy like Jordan Love, that week one is, isn't going to mirror the same way it's not mirroring that of the Bears, you know, not going to mirror his play. But, I mean, he's, he's, he's playing well, right? What, what is it, 3,800 yards he got already more than – any bear would would have ever had or something like that. So, I mean, I'm not I'm I'm not worried about Jordan Love though. Got to be very clear. To me, Bears winning this game on Sunday has nothing to do with Jordan Love. It's got everything to do with the other guy, Justin Fields. And Herb, I know you know you've 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 had a chance to you know to be close to Justin and 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 really watch him you know with a fine comb this year. But I haven't heard from you lately, and I haven't I haven't you know gotten your you know you and I haven't talked about. You know, where you stand with Justin in the present? No, I'm still in the same spot, man. I, I've been a believer in Justin uh, since day one, and I remain a, a believer in his abilities and what he can do. You go back to last Sunday, and I don't know how many people on the planet can make both the plays that he made when you talk about the touchdown throw to the corner to DJ and then the touchdown run to the opposite corner that he had itself. I don't know how many people have the combination of skill set to be able to make that throw and make that run. So I, I still believe in him as a football player. I still believe the Bears can not only win with Justin Fields, but win because of Justin Fields. And, you know, I know the conversation about the draft and, and Caleb Williams and, you know, this 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 quarterback-rich class and the opportunity to be at the top of the, top of the draft, you know, two years in a row. But I, I still think that the fastest pass to the Super Bowl for the Bears Includes Justin Fields. Let me let me. What's what's the uh, what does the offensive coordinator situation look like in your in your mind with that path? Yeah, I, I think they're married to each other. Um, now I know that that may not be ideal for 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 everybody in terms of you know Luke Gessie returning, but I, I don't yeah. really see a scenario where they would bring Justin back and give him a new OC. I don't necessarily want that either, right? I'm also not as yeah. down on Gessie as some people are. I'm certainly I've certainly been critical of him at times and I thought he deserved it at times, but I think um some of some of the uh blame and the fire that he's that he's under is, is a little bit more than he deserves. Um that being said, it's not that I don't think there could be a better play caller here. I just don't know that you would bring Justin back and then tell him to learn his third system in four years. Here's my question for you, Herb. So obviously Eberflus takes over the defensive play calling week three after the whole Allen Williams fiasco. And the defense right now ranks first in receptions, first in run defense, and explosive play percentage, second in first downs allowed, third in opposing quarterback rating, fourth in yards per pass play, 
sixth in total yards, total yards per play, and points per game allowed. Tell me that that Eberflus is probably going to come back calling plays. I think this is something he's good at. Obviously, you know, Montez Sweat helped things, and, and you, you can still bring in a couple of other players to make them even better. But do you think Eberflus comes back next season? We got one more game left, and is the defensive coordinator calling the plays again? Yeah, I think Flus is definitely back. I mean, we talk about Justin and Luke Getty, and maybe they won't, maybe they won't be back. But I think Flus will definitely be back, and I think it would behoove him to continue to call plays. I mean, that's yeah. who he is. That's what he does. And I know, you know, we put the the majority of the credit on the defensive turnaround on Montez Sweat, and that's fine. But you got to include Flus taking over as play caller because that defense certainly changed when he did. So I thought they were playing backwards to start the season, and by that I mean the strength of that team coming into this year was the back seven, right? And and, mm-hmm. and that secondary being what it was, but for whatever reason, they weren't putting the onus on the back end to kind of hold up in single high or man coverage. They were dropping as many people back in the coverage as they can to help them and then asking the front four to get home by themselves, which they weren't capable of doing at that time. And so I thought they were playing backwards and then, he took over, and he kind of flipped it around. He said, no, we're going to bring some pressures. We're going to bring Kyler. We're going to bring T-Fan. Yeah. We'll bring Taquan down here. And then you guys got to hold up on the back end, which they're more than capable of. I remember asking those guys, to, every two men, everybody in that secondary, if they would be comfortable dialing up more pressures because of the time they weren't. And they were all like, man, I want us to. I hope <laughs> that we do because uh, we can hold up in pressure. They're like, no, they got to get home. You can't send You can't send five and six and then leave us back there for five, six seconds. So you got to no. get home. <laughs> but we can hold up, you know, for two or three seconds if you give us that help. So they they wanted it. And then, you know, flu started to bring it in, and, and it increased their pressure rate and, and led to those turnovers. He is Herb Howard. Uh, we are Gabe Ramirez and Clay Harbor here on 670 The Score. I think, Herb, you know, that was one of the biggest differences from week one that I noticed as well, right? I mean, obviously, not not just the defense, but the, specifically the pressure up front, right? And I think that Flus has talked about that all year long with just being able to communicate with the players a little bit more. I've, I've loved that aspect of him. And I really do think, you know, when people have asked me, I said, you can't deny he's a leader of men, right? He got people coming every day to work on a bad team last year. Uh, this year, there could have been so many things that could have made this this whole thing crumble, and he's kept them together, still hasn't believing, still thinking they could do that. You, you're around them a lot more than most, though. You know what I mean? Like, what is the aura like? What is, you know, because some people will be like, dude, I, this guy in press conference, and this guy over here, like, for you, though, what's <laughs> what's your take? when? Because you're actually in the room with him. Yeah. No, it, it, it was a tough read, and it was a long road to where he is now. You can just kind of see his, his demeanor is a lot different. You know, even when you have – you know, uh, little quick private interactions with him, or you see him, he's different at the podium as well. I think it just took him a while to kind of get comfortable. And then you start to win, and it allows you to kind of exhale a little bit and kind of be a little bit more comfortable in your skin there for a while. It was just all these robotic things, and you couldn't get a legitimate answer out of him no matter what you – hey, Flus, what's today? Uh, well, you know, there's there's seven days in a week, and, uh, like, <laughs> like, knock it off, dude. You know what I mean? So it was, it was weird. And um, – now he's, you know, he, he'll he throw a little joke in here, whether it hits or not. He'll throw a little joke in here. And he just seems a lot more comfortable with what he's doing. Now, I'll say this. He never really lost his players. They continue to, you know, echo all of his sayings and all of his teachings. They they continue to show up and work for him. Uh, Ryan Poles is better than me because, like, 
right after that Denver game, I was like, he could, you could get him up out of here right now. He's done. Like, you know what I mean? Because <laughs> that, that was just terrible for me. But uh, I'm glad he didn't because he turned this thing around. I think he secured his job going forward. I think they continue to believe in the message uh, that he's preaching. I think uh, he shows up and works hard for them, and, and, and they do the same. So uh, good on Pusa turning it around. It was, a, it was a long, long, rough start for him, but he seems to have gotten this thing uh, on the track that he wants. Yeah, no, absolutely. So looking forward to next season, Herb, me and Gabe have been having this discussion. Like, where where do you see the biggest holes on this Bears roster? Because, you know, in our opinion, we're talking through the positions, and there's not – obviously there's not as many holes there were last year. So when you look at this team, where do you think the Bears can make the biggest jump in free agency in the draft? Yeah, I remember asking Ryan Pose that, you know, in his you know, early season press conference whenever it was, and I asked him – what percentage of the holes on the roster did he think he had filled throughout last offseason? And he gave me a, a straight-up answer. He was, I think, like 75 to 80%. Oh, wow. Yeah. And yeah. I, think that's, I think that's probably about right now, Honestly. especially you talk about bringing in Montez Sweat. Now, I think they're probably, you know, a roster that needs 20 25% um, in terms of, of, of filling some holes. And I think they can do that in this offseason, especially with the draft capital that they have and may continue to add to. Obviously, the number one pick, depending on what happens with that, they've yeah. got some some uh, money in the salary cap, so they can certainly fill those holes. I think that you look at center as a position that they certainly would want to address and get locked down long-term. I still think they need a dominant three-tech, although Justin Jones has played much better since Montez would have come over there. And, and Gervin's looking about, good, you know, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's 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 developing. So maybe maybe he's the player that develops into that spot. Um, but I think that you know, Flus has talked about that being the engine of this defense. And if it's the engine of this defense, you want a game record there. Chicago Bears fans know what it's like to have a Tommy Harris mm. in the middle of that defense. You've seen what Warren Sapp was able to do in the middle of that defense. You need that kind of player to be a, a difference maker. And like I said, Justin Jones has has improved mightily. But he's talked about you know. Well, you know, as long as I'm not getting double teamed like I was, I can get home. Well, in this defense, that player has to be a guy who can beat double teams, right? That yep. player has to, like Warren Sapp got double teamed all the time. He still got it done. So I think if they can find a way to get a truly dominant player at that position, now you're talking about, uh, or maybe like you said, Javon Dexter develops into that. And he seems like he has, you know, the ability to do that. But um, that's one area I think they can improve. Getting another edge rusher. Would, would, would be nice. Another proven edge rusher would be nice. Again, my test would help that uh, with Yannick before you went down. Um, yeah. You start to see Demarcus Walker make more plays. Um, so that that helps too. But if you can get another, you know, proven dominant guy on that side, that'd be great. And then the only other thing I can think about on, on the defense side of the ball is, you know, making the decision about Eddie Jackson, what they're going to do there at free safety. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm certainly – for bringing him back. I think that he's a great leader for that unit on the back end. All of those guys love him. They look to him like a big brother, and he's but able Herb, to make plays back there. Eddie, oh, is, the getting, Eddie is getting $14 million. Yeah, he's but giving he's... up a 113 <laughs> pass rating win target, the worst on the team. Pro Football Focus has him graded at 57. That's 80th out of 95 players. So, he has 27 total tackles, one interception, and he's 30 years old, and he's due $14 million So you don't want him on a restructured deal? 
I'll get them on a restructured deal. Saying, right. Yeah, yeah. You restructure everybody that loves everybody mil, here. Maybe we'll, get them 10. You know, we want to live in harmony here. Good veteran <laughs> leadership in the locker room, right? While there's still maybe a young gun that's, you know, could potentially yeah. take a spot, but you know, still part of what they're building here, right? You gotta have yeah. a couple of those. I don't know. That sounds that sounds right to me. Uh, we're talking to Herb Howard here on six seventy the score. Uh Herb, I want to talk about um timeline for the Bears right now, right? I mean, because you think about this season. You know, obviously everyone's going back through the schedule and saying, oh, this one, this one, this one could have been in the playoff, right? So you lose those close games. Next year, this is my timeline. I'm thinking, right? Next year, you're winning those games, right? But now you're just in the playoffs. And then it's the year after that where the Bears are competing at at an extremely high level and and the expectation then becomes, like, realistically Super Bowl. Is that that on par or am I – one year too late that the that we should be thinking that next year. No, I think that's the exact timeline. I think that's the, the timeline I was on, you know, coming into the season. I said they win eight or nine games this year and be in that kind of in the hunt column and um, play some meaningful December football. Right? They did that for a little while, and they're going to come in, you know, right around that 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 area in terms of wins. And I thought next year would be the year they would certainly get into the playoffs. It stings a little bit this year because they had those three historic losses, right? To be able to lose three games in one year when you had a, you know, 90% chance of winning and double digit leads in the fourth quarter. Um, and so you feel like they should already be, you know, at 10 wins and looking yep. for their 11. Um, but if you go back to the start of the season, I think this is pretty much where you thought they would come in. And then next year um, would be the year they can get into the postseason and, and open their legitimate, you know, Super Bowl window in, in 25. And so I think, I think that's right on par with uh, where I had it coming into the season, I think you're going to get another playmaker on the outside. That's the biggest thing that I want, that, yes. that I would want. I mean, going back to your last question was about how they can you know, improve this roster. Go get another playmaker, and there's one sitting yes. there right there for you in Columbus, and you go get that kid. And then I think by 25, maybe not his rookie year, but I think by his second year, he's your number one receiver. And DJ Moore is your second best receiver. You got a real, real problem on your hands with that. And so I think that, you know, with that trajectory, Sticking with Justin Fields, adding to this roster, using your trade, uh, using your your draft capital to acquire more. I think that's the fastest route to the Super Bowl for the Bears. Do the Bears take back ownership? Do they take back ownership? Do they take back ownership uh, this weekend? Yeah. Do we take back ownership from the Packers? Well, I don't. I, I ain't never been alive for the Bears to own the Packers. So uh, <laughs> take take back. You know, I don't know about Aaron Rodgers, Chicago. I still I own that. you. I love that. Yeah, yeah. He he he, he does. He, he he absolutely does. I I remember thinking week one like he probably just texted Jordan Love like, "Yo, take care of my career while I'm gone." You oh know what my me? gosh. Uh, and, and and you know he you know he he cut out his comments. This week, I know a lot of people were upset. Like, who's who's us? Who's us he's talking about? The man played there for I'm You ain't on the team no more. Stop it. So what? That's Stop his it. Team, bro. He played there for so long. Like, you know what I mean? Like, right. He owns the Packers, it's, it's too. Fine. What you mean? Right, right. Yeah, like, that's, that's – a, a, you can – we could be mad at A-Rod, but he ain't never lied. You know what I mean? No. He, he did on the whole time he was here. And so, that's one of those uh, ones no, where you I just got to take it. Like, you know, he you know he owns yeah, you. You just you, take it. It is what it is. You you could do that, you know what I'm saying? So like, you, you could do that. I remember Justin Jones was talking about when when Aaron Rodgers went to the Jets. He was like, oh, I was pissed because I I was looking forward to beating him this year. Like, bro, you had twice, you had two chances to beat him. Like, you know what I mean? Like, like, it's, like it's, it's it's not it is what it is, man. But I think that certainly the Bears uh, are are legitimately have the, the claim to say, hey, we outplayed the Detroit Lions twice. We went to Minnesota and beat the Vikings. 
if they can go to Lambeau and beat the Packers, then there's no reason for them to go into next season feeling anything less than uh, the, the best team in this division, right? We beat two yards our crib, and we outplayed the Lions twice. So uh, if they can go up to Lambeau and finish this season with the dub, knock the Packers out of their playoff hunt, then I think the Bears should go into to next season feeling like, okay, now we're finally going to take the North and, and maybe never give it back. That's what we're hoping. Herb, great stuff as always, Good man. Stuff, Good to talk Herb. to you. Herb Appreciate Howard you, from the Bigs joining us right here on 670 to score. Uh, Super Bowl. That's what the Sunday is. Super Bowl. Oh, I was like, what are you talking about? This ain't the Super Bowl. Yeah, it's, it's the, the Bears. Super Bowl. It's the Bears Super Bowl. It's Justin. the Bears. Because here's the thing. If the Bears lose, then you lose to, like, the bottom of the playoff teams, right? And if you win, then you know that, all right, at least we were better than the team that almost made it, and we should have been maybe then at the bottom of the playoffs. And See here's the thing. It's, Just, Bear, it's Bears math. Justin Bears Fields math. is 0-5 against the, the Packers. So, the, to me, this is Way like, different team. It's like you're playing a video game, right? Wait, wait, we're going to get in trouble. We're going to get in trouble. We got to go to break. Let's go to break. We'll talk about it on the other side. Right, right, right. Yeah. You want to try to tease? Oh, well, I'm just saying. It's no, I'm like saying a, you want to try to tease? You want to try teasing what you're going to say? Yeah, well, I'll tell them when we get to the other side. <laughs> I got you. We're going to yeah. go. I got you. I got you on that. I got you on that. I got you. My bad. I didn't mean to put you on the spot, but I wanted, you know, because no, yeah. Clay's going to, might leave us to for Philly. And then all of a sudden, you know, I'm yeah. trying to at least, you know, give me some knowledge. You want to do it? Going to try it again? On the other side, we'll talk about what Justin Fields could accomplish this Sunday. Oh, I like that. I like that. Gabriel Ramirez, Clay Harbor. <laughs> we'll do that next on 670 The Score. We're back with more Gabe Ramirez and Clay Harbor on Sports Radio 670 The Score and the free Odyssey app. All right, what can Justin Fields accomplish this Sunday against the Green Bay Packers? For that, we get the chat. With the man we just mentioned, nine-year NFL vet Clay Harbor. Clay, holla at me. So Justin Fields, he's beat the Lions. He's beat the Vikings. He's shown who he is. He's beat the Lions, the Vikings. Now it's like he's in a video game. You start off with the easier opponent. Okay, you go up to the to the second opponent. Then you have to face the boss at the end. Like a video game? Okay. Like the boss. Now you got the Packers. 0-5 against the Packers. Hasn't played well. Rating in the 60s. Now he can come back. Different team. Better defense. Better weapons. Lost to him the first game of the year. And beat the Packers for the first time. So Justin Fields can do something he's never done before. And that's beat the Green Bay Packers. And honestly, I think he will this weekend, Gabe. Are there still going to be questions, though, if, if he's not the reason why they win, Clay? Right? That's what I'm concerned about. That... You know, the questions will continue because, you know, he went, you know, 15 for 25, you know, buck 70, buck 80, you know, with a touchdown. But the Bears defense played really well. And, you know, and, and we continue that narrative that, like, hey, we're the Bears, so we're okay with, you know, an all right quarterback. As long as our defense is amazing, we continue to build. I see where you're coming with that, but. Fields is a guy that I guess no no but to your to your point I'm trying to ask like are you also in the Bears win like are you also expecting like a, a dynamic performance from Justin? I don't need a dynamic performance. I need a winning performance. I need him to take care of the like football. That. I need him to run for probably 50 yards, score a touchdown. I need him to do the things he can do. 
to me, yeah, he's not the best passing quarterback in the league, but he can do so many things. People always try to discredit what he can do on the ground. Like, this guy can do a lot of things on the ground, extending plays. You already make your running game better because now, do you think the Bears' running game would be as good without Justin Fields as quarterback, even when he's not running the football? Of course not, right. No, because the defense has to account for that. So, winning football, running game, obviously field position, take care of the football, don't turn it over. I don't need him to go out there and throw for, you know, Justin Herbert numbers or or Patrick Mahomes numbers when, when Patrick Mahomes had weapons which is another story we can get into. Patrick Mahomes probably has better weapons than Justin Fields, and all the people talking about get Patrick Mahomes weapons. But that's what I need him to do, play winning football. He doesn't need to, to throw for 300. He doesn't need to do any of that. Just beat Jordan Love and win the game. That's what we want. Jordan Love uh, to go down on Sunday. That's for sure, man. Uh, Bears definitely need to get that victory just to make everybody feel good about everything that's happening, to let, it know, let us know it's not fool's gold. That this is this is real. Justin Fields is getting better. The team is getting better. The Bears are headed in the right direction. Um, are the Bulls headed in the right direction? That's an interesting question because most people don't know after the last couple of games that they've had. Um, what is going to be happening with Zach Levine? Supposedly uh, could potentially be available uh, tomorrow for the Bulls as they take on the Charlotte Hornets. A lot of questions surrounding him. Uh, will Zach Levine be with the team? A whole bunch of stuff like that. Uh, we get to talk to our next guest, Rhiannon Walker. Uh, from Yahoo Sports, she wrote a great article on Zach Levine. We're going to talk to her about uh, you know his future, what it looks like, the injury, and whether or not he'll be playing on on Friday. And then you know we might circle back to to Justin Fields, another Chicago celebrity, and see what she thinks about him and what the Bears should be doing because she she does have some familiarity with the Washington Commanders, and they're up there in the draft as well. I wonder if she uh, has some inside information on what she thinks they will do, how desperate they are for a quarterback. Rhiannon Walker from Yahoo Sports joins us next. It's Gabe Ramirez. It's nine-year NFL vet Clay Harbor hanging out right here on 670 The Score. Why? Why? If you have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry, built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models. So no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. And right now, your local Toyota dealer has more vehicles in stock and is making delivery on new vehicles almost every day. So visit your local Toyota dealer. And check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Offers end April 1st. Toyota, let's go places. Leading Ladies, a concert in celebration of Women's History Month featuring Kelsey Ballerini, Megan Trainer, Elle King, Christina Perry. 
at the King's Theater in Brooklyn, New York on Wednesday, March 20th. Tickets are on sale now. You don't want to miss this amazing night of music dedicated to uplifting women's voices. With Kelsey Ballerini, Megan Trainer, L. King, and Christina Perry. Odyssey's Leading Ladies presented by Olay Body. Buy your tickets now at kingstheater.com.